everybody. Welcome to uh, this, the first postseason version of this iteration of the USL show. Uh, I am your host and reference connoisseur, Evan Valella. And like Jim Mora in 2001, playoffs? What are you talking about, playoffs? We're going to talk about some playoffs. Uh, joining me, it's, uh, it's everyone on this show that's usually here and all of our teams made the playoffs. So uh, introducing first... His first year in the playoffs, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. In fact, I'm drinking one right now. Ooh. It's Phil Grooms. What's up, man? Not much, man. I'm so happy. We happy did it, postseason man. to you, sir, for the first time because you're in it. First time ever. I feel like I need like a big green sports jacket or something to get inside mm. this club. Yeah, just ask Tony for one of his like track jackets. I'm sure he'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, track jacket's more more appropriate, I think. Yeah, I you it. seem like a track jacket type manager. <laughs> um, also joining us, also with his team making the playoffs for the first time, the, the hands down like far and away the most improved team in USL this year, uh, representing your Portland Timbers too. It's the best parts of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith, but with 50 percent more oxygen intake. It's Kevin McCamish. Uh, what's up? How's it going, man? Happy postseason to you as well. Why, thank you. We're in the playoffs. You are. And I believe I was the only person that probably actually had some faith of that at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. I bet you were. Yeah. This Uh, was the one season when we started it and we had got Cameron Knowles and some of the players, they they added a team. I was like, man, if if they're they're ever going to do it, this needs to be the season they're going to do it. Otherwise, I'll never believe in them again. And they did it. It's true. Uh, and also joining us, he's last because, well, he's always last, and also because his team has made the playoffs for about ever now. Um, if USL had a an Equestria, he'd be a Rainbow Dash, saved it. Uh, if he hates your team, it's one, because he has the facts to back it up, and two, because you're right. His best dreams recently have been Sacramento Republic beating Cincinnati in the USL Cup <laughs> final, but he'll take a first-round exit as well. Hi, Pony. <laughs> Eh. But yeah, once again, I didn't think Sacramento would do this good. I I was at a low end playoff team, but they surprised me. What happens if Sacramento uh, faces Cincinnati in the final? Like, does USL Twitter explode? Yes. Yeah, I think it does. Again, <laughs> and always, forever, and ever exploding. Amen. Um. So what we're gonna do? Um. We're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about the USL released their award winners today, not the team of the year. Those will be tabulated um, this weekend coming up, I believe, for Monday release. Pretty sure. Uh, But we do have the Golden Boot, Golden Glove, and the assist records and all that fun stuff. So we're going to talk about those. Um, And then we're going to get into kind of how we got here as far as the playoff seating. Um, And then I'll just say... I don't want to break down the playoff matchups too much because Thursday night we're going to be back recording. Uh, it's going to be some of us, all of us. Um, and our good friend, Mike Watts, who has somehow agreed to come on the show again. And we're going to do a full playoff matchup preview Thursday night, which will be nice because the first matchup is Friday. Um, so you guys will get that before the festivities kick off proper but i figured we needed kind of a bse episode before we got there so this is it it's what we excel at yeah so uh those award the award ballots went out to media and they're yeah, they due did. friday Fri- night friday at nine yeah. so yeah so i'm assuming if they calculate that shit over the weekend it'll be monday monday tuesday i would imagine monday yep. yeah i think last time didn't they release one a day up to the playoffs or up oh, to the may- final? maybe oh i don't like that though I think that's what they did last that's time. That's probably what they did, though. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Only four things, but all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was the team of the year. I think they did one at a time, maybe. I don't remember. I thought it was a four oh, major awards. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They came out. Eh, whatever. They have the all-league, what, third team, all-league, second team, all-league, best 11 or whatever. I think it's just one and two, but who knows? Two. Ah, Guys, yeah. uh, Cameron Lancaster was really good this year. Um, he wins the Golden Boot with 25 goals. He beat Matt Fondy's previous Louisville City record of 22, and uh, I believe the previous USL record of 23, right? Um, tie for second with uh, Orange County's Tomas Anavaldson and North Carolina's Daniel Rios. Um, and 
Not that Louisville needed a whole lot of help getting into the playoffs this year, but I mean, a lights out season from the Englishman for sure. Uh, I, he scored every 80.8 minutes, I think was what it came down to, um, which is unreal. Over the course of an entire season, that is actually quite impressive. Yeah. I say for me with these, I'd always would like to see, because we keep adding more and more games to the season. I'd like to see how it compares Mm. to past winners. I know I have to do that sometimes comparing teams year over year, but it's impressive either way to get that many. Yeah, it is. So Pony, what would you, where would you rank this as far as like how impressive it is versus the people surrounding him's talent, helping him out? Where would you put him in that, in that race there? Uh, um, I think if you kind of look at the people surrounding him, you could start going with like <laughs> Brios as the most impressive in the top three. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he had the least I, help. Maybe you could argue of going down a peg, the next group, maybe Awasa starts coming in. Maybe Brett, Brett, if you want to run on the top, top 10. Iwasa's been doing something with nothing a lot this season, I feel like. Yeah, Sacramento doesn't score a lot of goals, and he's been pretty useful. Right, and they kind of just launch it to him, and he does the rest at times. But For the most part. Yeah. That's interesting. I always think of Ennevoldson as someone that's like a system guy that helped him a lot. But, yeah, he has to be in that MVP race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. I mean, there's not a lot of them that don't have a good team surrounding them, so it's not too big of an argument. Well, and and I think any way you put it, a guy being able to convert that consistently mm-hmm. is something special because we've all seen forwards get hot, um, but we've also seen forwards cool off at the same time, um, and especially for, for Lancaster to, to be as consistent as he is and everything like that, like that's massive. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, and I think we need to acknowledge that a Bob Lilly coach player ended up top ten in goals scored. Fair. <laughs> I don't know. That's yep. pretty impressive. <laughs> Which one? Nico uh, Brett. Nico Brett. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sneaks in there at the bottom end of the top ten list. Funny. Good on him. Um, other awards. Uh, this one not necessary. Well. I mean, Emmanuel Ledesma gets the assist record with 15 previously held by Matthew Dahlman of Pittsburgh in 2013, which is a great name. That's a remember some guy name for sure. Uh, and Chris Weehan more recently with Reno in 2017. Uh, Ledesma also the first player in modern USL history to join the 15-15 club, 15 goals, 15 assists in a season. Um, yeah, I, I mean... As much as we joke, like, oh, you know, how many of these players are going to be, um, you know, on this team for MLS next year? Ledesma's on any MLS team. Gotta be. Didn't they already sign him? You know. Yeah, he's already there through next year. Okay, that's why I thought. Um, so does yeah, that mean? So he's I mean, signed to an MLS contract for next year already? Is that what they mean? Uh, I believe they so. Will, they will terminate his USL contract and sign him to a similar MLS deal. I think. I think. Hmm. Um, I just know that they have a couple guys, I forget who the other ones are, that are baked in that it's, hey, like if we get MLS, we get to sign you to an extension. You know, if we're going to bring up, I'm really curious if any of the guys on Cincinnati are on the allocation list, even, you know, and if there's a rule like where if he's already signed to that team, he's automatically allowed to be re-signed. You know, wouldn't it be weird if Ledesma had, someone had the rights to him already? yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're honestly smart enough that they went, all right, who's not in the allocation list sure. so that way we can just not have to worry about it. Um, I could see MLS anyway. waiving it too. I, it's just something I was randomly yeah. thinking about. But uh, yeah, not to talk about next year a whole lot, but this year, I mean, you know, for all the crap that we give those guys and everything uh, and, and, and calling them out for being attendance FC or, or fussy or whatever, um, sometimes players just do things and you go, you know, that's, that's a hell of a year. And Ledesma certainly, I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team, um, but a hell of a year from him and a guy that, uh, honestly, I don't think he stays in the States for a whole lot longer, hmm. just given how good he is. I think there's probably some interest in Europe, but we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, this one's weird. Um, stay tuned. I think Brandon Miller is going to do a podcast about 
goalkeepers from this year, which will be really exciting. Um, details TBD, and it's also going to be off of his podcast and not this one necessarily. Um, Evan Newton wins Golden Glove. He has a point z- uh, no point eight zero goals allowed and a seven seven point eight save percentage in um, twenty appearances. Hmm. Where this gets a little weird is the guys that he beat out were Pittsburgh's Dan Lynn, who had a .81 goal allows in 25 appearances, and Nashville's Matt Pickens, who put up a .9 goals allowed with 30 appearances. So, like, I don't get this. <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense to me either, because, right. I mean, Pickens and Lind, well, I mean, but if you're going to go on goals against average, then Lind without it with hands down takes it because he's got more appearances. That means he did more work to get a almost identical goals against average. Right. And then Pickens put up. Why would you even consider Evan Newton at all? And then, yeah. And then Matt Pickens, he played almost, almost every game, 30 appearances. That's what, uh, he missed four, missed four games and point nine, nothing to be shy about. So across that many games, that's an amazing keeper. Yeah, well, I'm sure they go by their parents' number, and whoever has less goals allowed at maybe 16 games, something like that, half the season, or 17 games, they win it. Hmm. And whoever that one defender is, because Lynn allowed two game goals in this last game, and one was a gift because that defender just gave the ball away for a clear one-on-one breakaway, hmm. that guy needs to buy Lynn a beer because he cost him the Golden Glove with that giveaway. Yeah, that's, that's a dinner. <laughs> for a sure. nice dinner at that. Well, yeah, I forget the other, what the other thing. No, you no. also have to look at like how many shutouts did they get? Now, right. part of a shutout is that a defense in front of you. So, you know, for me, it's like Pickens had a really good defense in front of him. Nashville was what the second best defense in the league. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that that helps him. But like part of having a good defense is being a good keeper and directing your players. Mm-hmm. So I mean, all of that. I mean, I know Pickens had one of the most amounts of shutouts, if not the, the top amount of shutouts. I think all three of these guys had, had the most clean sheets mm-hmm. this year too. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't remember. I remember looking at it earlier today when I was doing the uh, keeper of the year voting. And, yeah, yeah. and I, just, I just know I picked Matt Pickens. So yeah, it wasn't on my radar. What you going right. to do? Yeah. If you're going uh, defenses, it was Pittsburgh one, Nashville two, and then Cincinnati was tied for four. Hmm. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Well, anyway, there's just there's different, different ways to vote for goalkeeper yeah. hearing. And, who, and the other thing that's that's weird, sorry, Phil. The other thing that's weird is that um, Newton isn't really like by definition that's not your number one keeper, really, because they played keeper by committee so much, you know. Um, and it is weird to try to do this in USL, just because you know there's MLS two teams where you know. Um, at least Bethlehem, for example, don't have a goalkeeper signed to their roster at all. Hmm. You know, they'll either use McGuire or McCarthy or they'll, they'll bump up Romero. Um, well, and the other thing so, talking about two teams is, is yeah. if the first team gets a goalkeeper injury, who are they going to go for? They're going to go for, you know, the, the person that is probably the best keeper on your two side. Um, right. I know that Gleason was injured for a while and McIntosh had a backup at Nella I think Adnell mm-hmm. was injured and then McIntosh backed up Gleason. However, it worked out like McIntosh yeah. spent a lot of time having to be a backup. Right. This isn't best keeper in the league voting, just like the assists in Golden Boot. Those aren't MVP right. voting. Uh-huh. It's something to factor into, but it's not the same straight up. Yeah. It's just who had the best stat run and Newton with less games played won it. And he is a good keeper. I Maybe like I think I have him like number five in the league. Mm-hmm. For keepers, but yeah, yeah, for sure. The numbers say what the numbers say. He won it outright. That's well. Said. I think he won because he shares a first name with two of the people in this on this podcast. So he also I'm sure that helps. He also did get, get a higher. Influence? I I do. Yeah. So he had a anyway. higher save percentage than the other two as well. Where, you know. I think, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I mean, that's the other thing is if he gets, you know, a hundred more shots against him and he saves more of them, then that's going to matter. So I just looked yeah, it up sure. and Lind has way lower. It's like 68%, but well, Lind Pickens... also like broke an orbital bone. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. missed a good chunk of the year. 
but Pickens was right below him at like seventy six percent. So mm. I know what I voted based on those stats. But again, okay. what Pony said makes sense. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So here's how I I want to do the rundown as far as going over the results this week. What I did was, and please USL make this easier for me. I pulled up a cached version of the USL table from week 33 on ESPN's website and ran that against the week 34 table on USL's website. And I went from there. So, um, starting with, uh, do we want to do Eastern Conference or Western Conference first? I don't know. Go, really go East. Let's do All East. Right. You, wrote, you wrote it down that era, or, uh, order. And it's a little cleaner. Um, so week 33, what we, what we were looking at was Cincy in first place, Louisville in second place, Pittsburgh in third, Charleston four, Indy five, Red Bull six, Nashville seven, Bethlehem eight, Ottawa nine, North Carolina 10. Those were the teams that could still make it in. Um, what we ended up with was Cincy one, Louisville two, Pittsburgh three, Charleston four, Red Bull two, uh, five, Bethlehem six, Indy seven, Nashville eight, North Carolina and Ottawa, uh, out, but they actually switched positions with each other. So, um, the eliminated teams, it worked out Saturday. It was Ottawa playing Charleston. Ottawa needed, I think a win here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't get it. Uh, you know, it's a tough ask against a playoff team like the battery Gordon wild with a phenomenal strike in the 14th. Fantessen adds one in the 60th. And, uh, that did it for Ottawa. Um, I actually don't think it was that much of an ask. Charleston played most of their second string. And if yeah, you can't no, they the fourth seed playing majority second string, you aren't a playoff team. Good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you got wild and you got Fantessen. Like yeah, those aren't they, anything. To yeah. I think they had like a third of their regulars playing. Yeah, it was enough to get the win and really lock up fourth for him. Yeah, yeah, it avoids the disaster uh, scenario to me where it was possible for Ottawa to make the playoffs, Nashville miss the playoffs, and the goal differential between the two teams to be about 20 in yeah. Nashville's favor. <laughs> and that would have been a complete joke, but we don't have to deal with that. So I'm glad because that would have been a long grant. Continue as you were USL. Everything's fine. Actually, could change that. No need to change that first time. Nope, change it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's always funny because around this time of the year, we're always like, "Oh yeah, gold," and then we're like, "Oh wait, no, it's wins." All right, why? Which punishes the teams who don't lose but just draw a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Nashville. Um, (laughs) and then the uh, the other funny one, and actually, we'll stop complaining for a bit because this would have come down to goal differential, and in fact, did. Uh, North Carolina three, Charlotte one on Saturday. Uh, Rios gets a brace, third minute, eighty seventh minute. Miller scores in the ninetieth minute. Charlotte uh, Jorge Herrera with a really nice goal in the sixth. North Carolina win, but they needed the win by like seven, um, and hope that Bethlehem like didn't score at all. Um, so probably the most that North Carolina could have feasibly done, really. Um, like if that goal differential was a little tighter, this might have been enough, but it wasn't. And um, that pretty much did it for them, unfortunately. Um, barring a steel loss, I suppose. Um, and in your seeding matchups, uh, Saturday, Louisville City beat Indy 11 off of a Cam Lancaster penalty, which means that Indy didn't lock up fifth place, which they probably would have liked. Um, and then Pittsburgh, with a really bad week, uh, draw Atlanta away 1-1. Um, Kiss you do scores in the 52nd minute after Pittsburgh. Did we ever figure out Van Kazeel? Maybe sure. Looks in the 27th. Enough. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, which prevented Pittsburgh from moving up to second place. And then the, um, Red Bull win later that week two one over Pittsburgh. Um, wait, did gave Pitt- Red Bull f- Pittsburgh got a goal. Yeah. They scored like 93rd minute or something crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, like it was at the death of that one. Oh, it didn't matter. But well, I know they uh, they I actually watching it when New York got their second goal. <laughs> yeah, they had a they had a penalty uh, early second half maybe that would have made it one one. Yeah, um, and I saved. and yep, it was saved. I saw that Forbes I think had it saved right. Yeah. Um, so that gives Steel six instead of fifth, which means Pittsburgh will play Bethlehem. 
Um, because of Bethlehem beating Tampa Bay one nothing, Michi Galina with a goal, thirteenth minute, which was his sixth, which is the um, tie for a Bethlehem rookie. He's been phenomenal. Really ugly game. The pitch was in really bad shape because Lehigh University had their homecoming um, football game Saturday, um, and then the officiating in that was literally the worst I've ever seen in my life. So, um, yeah. Glad that no one got it. no one was injured in that one. Um, glad that Tampa Bay showed up because they very well could have just rolled over and died, but they certainly did not. Uh, Bethlehem's first win over Tampa gives them a good bit of momentum going into that game against Pitch- Pittsburgh, which should be packed. Um, Nashville really liked to make things interesting. Um, a win against Toronto would have put them on 51 points, which probably would have gotten them fifth place, maybe. Um and then the draw against Cincinnati prevents them from uh, seventh place because they would have had the tiebreak over Indy on goal differential if they won that game. Um, Lagrasse scores twice for Na- or sorry, Lagrasse scores in the 63rd for Nashville against Toronto. Allen gets one in the 72nd, and then TFC score too late to prevent Nashville from clinching playoffs. Uh, you know, midweek. Um, and then they get a really weird 3-3 draw. Uh, Tucker Hume, fifth minute against Cincinnati. He really likes scoring there, which could be fun this weekend. Um, and then Corbin Bone, 52nd minute. Uh, Allen scores in the 80th for Nashville, makes it 2-1. to one. Corbin Bone comes right back with the... Uh, oh, sorry. I'm out of... Braces confuse me. Um, Nazab Adawi gets one in the 63rd for Cincinnati, make it 2-1 Cincinnati. Allen scores in the 80th, and then Boluak and Yode uh, ties it in the 90th after bone scored in the 81st. So a three, three draw there, um, which, you know, Nashville really didn't want to make things easy for themselves. Yeah. That, that game with Cincinnati was really confusing mm-hmm. because Nashville has had a hard time scoring all year and then <laughs> puts three in against Cincinnati while allowing three goals as yep. the second best defensive team in the league. And this is their, that was their third game of the season and they've all drawn so this could yeah. be a really interesting first round matchup and probably my favorite one to watch. If I'm going to be watching just one game, this would probably be it. Yeah. I never thought it'd be the one and eight seed is the most intriguing game, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those. I mean, I know some, I've seen some since as well. There was bad, bad pitch, late goals, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a fluke is one game. A fluke is Louisville losing in Toronto. A fluke right. is not three draws against the same team. Yep. This, is, this is the this is a very I think this is the absolute worst opponent Cincinnati could have drawn in the first round. Could be. Yeah. I agree with that. Now, if this game goes to penalties because yeah. they're going to end in a draw, who do you favor in a, in a penalty shootout, Newton or Pickens? Since we were talking about keepers earlier, uh, well, I know Newton I won see, the shootout over Newton, Salt Lake. But is Newton going to start the playoff game? I don't know. I he see, might I not mean, even start the playoff game. I think just Which judging what I've seen hilarious. last year, what I've seen last year, Newton is better against penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. Sub your keeper because you get one in the extra time now in the playoffs. If I Boy, would that be something. You get a fourth 119th minute, 119th yep. minute goalie change. Yep. I've seen it happen. When it happened in, uh, did it happen in the 2014 World Cup or was that an earlier? I, I think so. Yeah. I just remember Netherlands put, uh, Tim yeah, yeah, yeah. one day at the end for if they're close in talent and you know save percentage kind of things I would definitely play the one better at saving penalties because it comes it's such a key component if you think you need it well to the playoffs it's huge what is it two yeah. or three games were decided in the west last year in the playoffs from penalty kicks it was a lot yeah it was I know Sac Salt Lake was in Oklahoma City Swope Park that was a game that went to the 11th round of penalty kicks right yeah and I want to say San Antonio as well I may be wrong about that but Harry's listening he'll tell us it might be I know those two off the top of my head yeah 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 and then you know Sunday pretty much came down to Bethlehem wins and they're in and they do it, which it's always nice when you're able to control your own destiny. Um, hint, hint for the Western conference and, uh, and you, you, you get it done. Um, speaking of the Western conference, moving to the West. Um, again, if your team was not involved in the playoffs, I'm sorry, please understand. 
It's just not worth anybody's time. It would be like if, uh, which I'll, I'll take this time to a, um, thank everyone that's been on the show this, this year, which has been way too many people. So like talking about a playoff team now would be like me literally listing all of the people that we've had on the show. I could feasibly do it, but like, that's not going to be nice for anybody. I'm not sure you can without your notes. So I'll call your bluff. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Here's the thing too, with, with the West, like it was, there were, there were nine good playoff quality teams and eight spots. And that was like for like the, the final third of the season, nobody else was really, was realistically sniffing it too much. So like the, the one team that didn't make it that that's a heartbreaker for sure. Yeah. Especially I think the way they didn't make it. Yeah. Which is, well, here we go. So, uh, week 33, if I'm wrong here, someone correct me, clinched teams, not seeding, but teams that clinched, Orange County, Phoenix, Sacramento, uh, Monarchs, Reno, Timbers 2. So that's yep. one through six. Yeah. Yep. Teams that were on the bubble, Swope Park, San Antonio, St. Louis. Uh game in hand they were only on 32 and st louis had a game in hand on 32 as well what we ended up with week 34 uh orange county sacramento phoenix salt lake reno timbers to swope park st louis at eight and uh, uh, san antonio in ninth how did san antonio get eliminated well they drew rio grand valley fc which didn't help uh, Guzman Zavala uh, gets the goal for San Antonio on the 24th. Small gets the goal for, for RGV. Um, again, if San Antonio won, that's it. And we're done. And they're in the playoffs, and it's great. Uh, well, no. no. About? Almost? Kind of? They would If they won, they got into the Swope Park draw. Okay. Yeah. They opened one extra door. Right, right, right. Because okay. at the on the during the same time St. Louis drew, so they were with they were outside of San Antonio's reach at that point. Right. Okay. But yeah, Swope played the next day. Right. And okay. Was, so yeah, for that like what sixteen hours they were yeah they were good yeah, yeah. they hurt their chances but it didn't it hurt their chances but they weren't going to be locked in either way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um. Me. On Wednesday, towards the top of the table, Phoenix lose to Vegas 5-2. to two. <laughs> Garcia gets a penalty. Well, actually, sorry. Fernandez starts things off for Phoenix, which I'm sure they were very happy about. <laughs> Second-minute goal. Vegas scores a penalty in the 43rd for them. Vegas goals in the 29th a penalty. Garcia. Garduno in the 71st, which you're like, all right, it's a draw. Mendiola in the 74th. Alvarez in the 79th. And Ochoa in the 84th. Vegas blows out Phoenix, meaning that they just kind of go, whoever wants to win here, feel free to take first place from us. Uh, And not only do they do that, Kev, they also play Timbers 2 on what, Saturday night? Yep. And lose 1-0 at home. And in what... I didn't see that yeah. coming either because that most of that entire game, like the field was, was pretty thoroughly shifted in Phoenix's mm-hmm. favor. And in my experience, not just this season, but in previous seasons, I'm like, well, T2 is just bound to give up a late goal here. I mean, just I'm just waiting Instead for it. Instead, they get one. They get one, and I'm still like, okay, <laughs> Phoenix is going to get two late goals or one late goal is going to draw? Like, how is this going to happen? Drogba is going to score three times in four minutes or something and, like, high-five his own bobblehead and, like, do a set with Diplo before he takes a corner? It's entirely um, possible. But, yeah, and, and no, been, but T- T2 did did the work. They did the job, and they got – not that it really helped them. It would have bumped them up from seventh – or bumped them up from seventh into sixth and – now they get to do the exact same thing all over again, which is travel yeah, to Phoenix. Oh. And <laughs> can you make it happen twice, or was that a one-time deal? We'll find out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And Phoenix has um, reason to be upset because I know in that game against Vegas, I missed the first half, but in the second half, there was a well, I thought it was a very clear red card for Vegas that got missed right before Vegas broke it open. Mm. It's one of those two-foot studs-up tackles that the ref goes just take a yellow for some reason. Mm-hmm. And apparently yeah. there was a first half incident too that Phoenix people are saying should have been a red card. So might've been a little bit lucky for Vegas, but it worked. 
and I I felt like this week a lot of the a lot of the referees were like, well, it doesn't matter unless it's a red card. So like, I'm just not going to show anybody anything. Well, it's also Vegas, so I think it's finished with 99 yellow cards on the season and like a 550 fouls. Good lord. Yeah, don't mess with Vegas or they will cleat you. Yeah. Well, hopefully they bring in a coach that can play some discipline next year. <laughs> the the, the, the Phoenix the Phoenix coach had some some definitely had some comments. He was heated chance. after the T two game. He was like, you know, I'm sick and tired of playing against twelve people. <laughs> yeah. Some other stuff. I don't know if USL would, would do any like fines. I know if it was MLS, that's some that's, um, that those comments are gonna cost you some garber bucks, but I don't know how it works out. Tired of playing he was, against twelve people. He was well. He and he called like I don't know if it was he was if he was calling all the refs or just the mm-hmm. ARs, but he was calling them local amateurs. Uh, paraphrasing here, like local people that just didn't care yeah. or didn't didn't know the game or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just outright insulting these guys. And, and to be fair, after the the Vegas game and then and then the the refs were um, in the T two game. You know that they were not very consistent at all. I, mean, I can totally admit they were not consistent. And he was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm sick and tired. Like I, we didn't need these calls going our way at the end. Cause it was just evidence that the refs didn't know what they were doing. They were trying to make up missed calls from earlier. It's like, they're not professionals. Like this, this is a professional game. This is people's livelihoods on the, on the line. Yeah. Like how can, how can they give us these unprofessional referees, these people that don't know what they're doing. And I was like, Whoa, he was really upset because he also, <laughs> he was, he was, yeah, he was pissed. He also worked in like, and these teams just come out here and bunker against us. And that was when he fit in, you know, we're playing against 12 men because mm-hmm. of the refs. Yeah. I mean, he was really worked up. I'm, I wish I could like find they're, the they're afraid of us. It's like, okay, well that means you're doing good, right? If teams are afraid right. of you, like they respect your power there, there's a, there's a game plan to it. Um, but yeah, like they're afraid of us. They're bunkering in and these refs are just this and that. And I was like, wow, yeah, it was, it was shockingly blunt. And I will, uh, I'll apologize to our, our, our friends in Phoenix, uh, before I say this, because I know they listen. Um, it's really easy to be frustrated, but I'm also, really surprised that he was able to say anything in the press conference because of how much choking they did that week. <laughs> so burn. Well, that's I the mean, thing is I wonder if he's worried about his job because I know no, doing no, well. no, listen, his job is, is certainly fine, but yeah. well, he's interim, right? The, the second, what's that? No, is it, he was he's not the interim anymore. I think he was, but I think he was no, 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 not now. No. Okay, cool. cool. Um, no, but I mean, you know, in all seriousness, you lose two games to teams that, especially the first one, you should beat. Um, and then the second one, you know, it's okay, it's another playoff team, but you're at home. It's, you know, one of Drago's final matches as a professional. And you kind of backslide into the playoffs and you could have had the first seed, which would have been, you know, a lot better matchup for you guys, I would think. Like, sorry, Phil, but Phoenix would much rather play you than oh, Portland Timbers too. They again. destroy us, so they should, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and if you're chance, you're, you're really upset. And, you know, if uh, I'm sure the team talk after was not pleasant. Um, but at the same time, if you think that you got, you know, screwed over or whatever by the referees, or if you're tired of teams sitting back and playing scared against you because you're a really good offense. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't not understand where he was coming from. Um, yeah, a lot of his stuff was not at all unfounded. Right. Um, and, and the thing, and what, what I would do is I would look at the bright side, like you get right away a chance for revenge and when that chance actually matters a bit in the in the grand scheme of things this upcoming match where they're at home against t2 again a chance for revenge this means more than the final home match because like if you win this one then you keep going the playoffs whereas if you lose it again then then you can then you can start asking some questions look at yourself in the mirror and go what so yep I think it's easy too for um, you know amateur referees to see them and give them cards because they are one of the biggest, most athletic teams. You know, physically, physical yeah. stature. They're just giants. They're really big guys and they're talented on top of being athletic. So, um, you know, it's easy for a ref to feel like you know these guys are just mowing over the opponents and they deserve a card here and there. I, I think mm-hmm. that's part of it, but yeah, just wanted to fit that in there because when I talk to St. Louis mm-hmm. players. 
you know, St. Louis has gotten rolled by them twice now. And every time they're like, they're just, they're so friggin' athletic. They're so big, mm-hmm. you know, and then they can beat us by with their attack and they know how to defend as well. It's just a tough team to play. Yeah. Well, look, at um, Phoenix didn't have too many cards against them. They were tied for 21st. That's good. I didn't know that. They yeah, played tough against it. St. Louis, and they got away with a lot in our game, I feel like. but you know, That's kind of interesting. Interesting looking at it. That the, the team with the most yellow cards who made the playoffs was Cincinnati, who was ninth. So people who got cards didn't make the playoffs. That's interesting. Imagine. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's still, like, I think you got to get it's one. Like putting yourself at a disadvantage during regular season still, games. You think you got to get one team that gets carded a lot, but still makes playoffs. But <laughs> that's actually pretty impressive. That's really good. That's good to know that it typically works that way. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Hey, uh, Phil, speaking of things typically working that way, Wednesday, you guys clinch your first playoff berth. Uh, not on Wednesday. It was still a little no. bit out, but um, we did ourselves favors. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry it's to like call Florida you out. Isn't here to help out. No, I mean I would much rather you be like, no, nah, it wasn't until <laughs> Saturday or whatever. But like, you know. But they had to take care. Of, they needed four points this week or this yeah. last week. So a win against Tulsa gave them three of the four, and then the draw against OKC, who didn't seem to care to want to be there in the first place, you know, worked out just great mm. for St. Louis, mm. and so. You know, took care of business, but you know, Wallfall is out. This is something I mentioned earlier, and he's still gone. Um, and perhaps he'll come back for the playoffs. I hope, but if not, then you know, St. Louis would have to scrap scrap out a win against a really good OC side in the playoffs. I think. So again, that's the injury watch. Also, Kyle Gregg is mm. out as of this week. Mm. Another, mm. another. That's not fun. Yeah. St. Louis at least drew twice against OC this year, so yeah, they're the one team that's like in the top four that that they've had good luck with for some reason. So um, that's that's encouraging. They, if they scrap out a win against anyone in the top four, I think OC might be the team to do it against. It's the first seed curse, right? West West now three years straight first seed loses first round, and you can bet. I mean, Pony, you said defense wins uh, league titles, and, and that's what St. Louis is going to rely on, especially missing their two best attackers, in my opinion. So it could happen. Um, and, then, and then a couple other quick ones that just kind of locked up seating. Um, Monarchs beat Fresno on the road, one nothing on Saturday. Adams, Charlie Adams scores in the 37th minute. Um, the Reno win from earlier that week means that Monarchs place um and then saturday sacramento won vegas nothing camawasa in the 55th um sacramento kind of take advantage of phoenix sliding down the ladder and they bump up to second place and they'll play um who do they have in the uh sacramento swope park late saturday night yeah and then this was the game sacramento had the Harding, the Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. Got to play. That's a good one to mention. I know if you see USL Gold Week, that's basically the default winner because that was a really cool moment that the team did. And kudos to Vegas for letting it happen as well. Mm-hmm. With your 500 fouls, good job for not tackling them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, no. I was like, oh, wow, Pony. We're like, we're going to finally do something and not have a joke at the end of it. That would be really great. Because <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, like for people that didn't see it, I know it's it's on YouTube. I think they tweeted it out this morning, too. Um, I I forget the kid's name, Matt, something or another. Yeah, I think it's uh, Harding. Make wish. Harding, but yeah. Harding. Okay, cool. Uh, scored in, in literally the first minute of the match, like on the clock. Uh, didn't count. <laughs> Although hell, Cam Loss's goal. Who cares? Matt Harding scores and beats Vegas. Um, no, but it, it was it was a really cool moment. I'm so sorry that we can't be nice people for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. All still, all respects to Vegas. We just had to throw out jokes that we had just talked about Vegas having a lot of fouls. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I, you know, fair play to him to say, yeah, you know, I, I, you know. Again, that's one of those things. It's easy enough to, you know, find a minute of play, yeah, an extra time to accommodate for that. So, uh, like, really cool moment. You know, really, really touching. 
Um, really I embarrassing for them, though. Eyed, he he beat like two defenders and the keeper. So it was know. really good. Come on. Yeah, it was like a good hit. So, like better goal than I've ever. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually looked pretty no. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I mean, so I you know we only give out when we're comfortably behind our computers. So if Rick Shans <laughs> wants to say say that to my face, I can't. Um, Love it. So that's fun. So guys, uh, like I said before, we get Mike Watts here on uh, on Thursday, but I figured before he comes in and once again tells us that we're wrong all the time, <laughs> um, even though he didn't last time, so here's hoping. Um, I'm just going to throw out the playoff matchups, and then if there's anything you guys think is going to happen that's a little bit out of the ordinary, feel free to let me know. So um, things kick off Friday night, the 19th, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Phoenix Rising FC versus Portland Timbers 2. Um, Saturday, it's a full slate. Starts at 5 p.m. Eastern. Real Monarchs and Reno kickoff. Charleston and Red Bull 2 play at 7. And, uh, well, my times are effed up, but whatever. Cincy and Nashville play at 4. Pittsburgh and Bethlehem at 7. Uh, Louisville and Indy 11 at 7.30. Orange County and St. Louis, your nightcap. Well, one of the two late games at 10 o'clock. And uh, Sac Republic and Swope Park at 10.30. So, um, anybody with any takeaways and I guess how are our collective teams feeling about the, uh, the playoffs this year? I, feel I like think T2 goes out in the first round. I was about to say the exact, not the same thing, but like they've got the worst draw. I, I feel like Phoenix is a yeah. team. Nobody wanted to play in the first round as far but as Phoenix has been banged up. I guess, but they still have so. I know much Asante talent. was sitting. I'd Cortez, I think, went out in the Las Vegas game with an injury early on. Mm-hmm. And if they have, if both those guys are down, that gives T two a good chance. Asante played, be, but Asante played against T two. Okay, I know he. I think he rested the Vegas game. Yeah, and then they had Kevon Freider playing uh, uh, a lot. He was really, really active, but he couldn't uh, get anything past uh, Mangles on on Saturday night. Um, but I mean, T two or Phoenix went like they were they were shooting like crazy. It just the T two defense surprisingly held up for ninety minutes for once. Yeah, if, if Phoenix is healthy, I think they win it. Oh, for sure. Like, I not, even, this, not not the game, the entire cup. I think they win it if they're healthy. Oh well, that, I'm fine with that. I I want OC to go all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of do too. I kind of, kind of want OC. The way I look at it is like, if by some chance Cincinnati get past the first round, who then in the West can take out Cincinnati in the USL Cup? I don't. So, I don't think it's OC though. I don't think it's OC. Probably not. If I think Phoenix could. Phoenix could. If Orange County wins the USL Cup, respect. If and if they don't say anything to us, we're just going to do it. Can we send them a box set of the show? <laughs> yeah. It's going <laughs> to happen. As long as we all see. We have to all we, autograph it, though. Well, for sure. We're gonna, I was going to say a box it. set of the show or like an autographed Lauren Conrad photo. Yeah. yeah. Why not show both? Okay, fair. We could auction <laughs> off one of them to the viewers for, you know, mm, 10 cents. Mm. <laughs> but if OC, win, if OC win the USL Cup, and I yeah. picked them fifth round in our team mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. I will never let you guys hear the end of it. <laughs> so we'll give you hey. the box set. Okay, I, I think I had. I think I, I think I had Sacramento in the fifth round. No, so you had Sacramento in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Uh, Phil, how you how you feeling? Um, I, I kind Are of you just sl- happy to be here at this point? Like, is that? Oh yeah, no Saint. Oh my gosh, guys, <laughs> this is really. I should have just sat here and talked about what it was like to be you in St. Louis that night instead of the game itself because. Um, you know, St. Louis fans have been so hungry for this, like just so hungry. And, and they sold out the place. It was the highest attendance ever. I don't know if it was a coincidence that they announced MLS the same week as the playoff push. (laughs) Um, I seriously think that wasn't a coincidence and it worked. I mean, tons of people there, the, you know, everyone rushed the field with, you know, basically with the blessing of, of our center mid Tony walls and, um, it was just awesome. Fireworks started about five or ten minutes after everyone was screaming and chanting for five Before minutes after the, the game. Match ended. 
No, not before, but <laughs> I mean, it was just it was, it was the best. Everyone hung out all night, just wandering around, wandering around. I hugged every single St. Louis player and tons of fans. I got home, and my wife was like, "Why do you smell funny?" And I was like, "Well, mm, she doesn't know." Hugged a lot of sweaty boys and had beer poured yeah. on me all over the place. That, that's what I nice. smell like. <laughs> but no, it was it was such a cool atmosphere, and St. Louis fans are just thrilled that we're in. You know. And um, it just speaks well to next year's chances as well to finally bring back a roster. So that's where St. Louis right on, is. Man. Yeah. So thanks for asking that because, I mean, we are no just worries. absolutely thrilled. So, so happy. So I know it meant a lot to you. You guys have been close literally the last two years. Um, yeah. So. Well, and it's not for trying. That's the hardest right. part. Is Seriously. St. Louis made the front office made good decisions. They got a, a, a coach like Precky that they thought would pay off and they gave him everything he asked for and it just didn't work out. And, and who saw that coming? And here's Poulos, kind of a, a guy who wants to be big. He wants to be a bigger thing. And, you know, it worked. What he did worked this year. Thank yeah. goodness. So um, to talk on Bethlehem for a second. Um, I learned my two new favorite facts, actually my three new favorite facts in order of how cool I think they are and how crazy they are. Uh, Bethlehem Steel have never lost with Ben Afemu in their starting lineup, which is crazy because he just turned 18 a week ago. Um, so that's insane. It's like in 14 games or something. Um, the other never, two facts never lost. Like they've won every single are, game or they're they undefeated just undefeated with, undefeated. with Ben Afemu in their lineup. Meaning okay. they have one or one or drew every game with him in their starting eleven, which is insane because he's a child. Cuckoo. Even though he looks like he's about twenty-eight <laughs> um, physically. Uh, the other two that are really fun. So until they play on on Saturday, Bethlehem Steel have played precisely one hundred matches, exactly one hundred matches. In fact, um, and I don't know if I spoiled this in our group DMs. So if I did, I'll just say it real quick. But did did anybody did I tell everyone slash did anybody guess on that? On how many have been have been unique starting elevens? Oh my gosh. Uh, ninety nine of them? I don't know. Ninety eight. Oh, really? Damn. They went a perfect thirty four for thirty four in different lineups this year, but they oh. have had two that have repeated, and I imagine that would have been the first year. But yeah, they have played 98 games, or sorry, they've played 100 games, 98 different starting 11s. That's so weird. Which is insane. Uh, a couple of the guys that were at the game but not on the bench for, for the game were in the press box. And when uh, the club communications guy said that, uh, I'll, I'll curse, but I, so, but I apologize. Uh, AJ, it was AJ Patterson, Mike Catalano, and, uh, and Prosper were, were in the box like next to us. And AJ goes... Wait, say that again, and then you know we tell him, and then he goes in, and we I hear him tell Mike Catalano, and Catalano just goes, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, because <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I asked the guys after, they're like, "I, like, we don't even think about that until just now." So, like, they talk about it all the time, but hats off to him for making that work and getting into the playoffs for two years in a row, because that's insane. Why do you think that is? Is that do you think that's the choice of the yes. coach or yeah, well, so like you know, the first team dictates who you get right. and then they can also put minute caps on guys. So they'll say, "Hey, um, you know, give Anthony Fontana 60 minutes or or you know whatever." Um and that's you have to do it. Um now to to the credit of the organization as a whole, so from the first team all the way down to the academy and back up again. Three years in, all of the guys in the organization know what that team's like because you have guys like Austin Trusty and Mark McKenzie, who especially Trust has played like every minute for the first team, and he was with Bethlehem and came up through the academy. So you have guys that know what that's like, um, and a guy like Matt Riel who played his heart out, you know, on on Sunday, and even Fabian Herbers who came down for like his third appearance for either team this year. And won like every aerial ball, like out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a weird spot to be in, but I think, you know, year one compared to year three, the philosophy of all that makes a lot more sense. And it's a lot easier to get results uh, for the USL side when there's a lot more movement in the lineup. Mm. Yeah. But, 
I like it. There you go. And got you into the playoffs. They're uh, really excited to play Pittsburgh because the last time they lost a game was against Pittsburgh and they were very bad and I was there in person. <laughs> so, yeah. And Pittsburgh looks a little vulnerable right now. So They do, don't they? And they just got their, uh, their new stands finally put in. So there's a potential oh. to have 2,000 more people there than normal. In we'll Pittsburgh, see. you mean? Yeah. Oh, nice. Good for them. Yeah, they added to their supporters section. So we'll see. I feel like the best matchups are uh, fi- the five, yeah, go for it. the five versus four seeds, and that makes sense. This I feel like the seeding was pretty spot on. You know, like I would rank these yeah. teams. Charleston Red Bull would be fun, and then who's the five and four in the West? It is uh, Reno and uh, Real Monarchs. I think that'll yeah, be a fun game bad. to watch. Yeah, I I think well, at least to me, I think New York's gonna beat up. Charleston at this point. Really? They should. Later podcast, but I don't have much trust in Charleston right now. Mm. No. Kev, what are what are your preliminary thoughts, I suppose? Um, for all the different matchups? Yeah, or just pick one. Whatever. We're gonna talk about it on Thursday. So it's called a teaser. Yeah, yeah, that's what Hot you do. Take. <laughs> I think I think Nashville wins in PKs in the first round. Cool. I'd like to note that I was not the one who said that. I think Cincinnati wins, but it's close. Please direct all your hate tweets to at KMCamishPDX. Thank you, you so much. Or at ILM underscore Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Um, Didn't he say Nashville wins like 5-0? Did he? I don't know. That's some nonsense. I'm kind of mad he about that on the internet. <laughs> he could have said anything for all anybody else knows. Pony. That's mean. Ryan's going to get so many bad DMs now. No, no. People still think that he's like five. They don't, they don't freak out that much, do they? No. When you're obviously joking. <laughs> oh, God. My Twitter's already blowing up. Sarcastic nut? What's up? It's just need to chill out. Slow your roll. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I think we're done. Um, so let me get out of here by saying, A, um, thank you to our sponsors, who I didn't talk no. about on the top of the show no. because I'm a terrible person. Hold on. Hold on. Um, we're not done? Kevin what, am I, what do I need you? Kevin we're going to talk about the Pickens. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Kev, you get a minute <laughs> to do whatever the hell you want because you want the Pickens <laughs> or whatever. I didn't win. Well, I did, but it's we the, the official uh, point standings for the Pickums at the end of the season. Um, Evan, you had 358 points. Yep. Um, let's see, Phil, you had 400. Um, Pony at 432. Ryan at 433. And I think the only reason why that works out is because we were subtracting our minimum scores. So yep. Pony had to take out nine points versus Ryan seven. So it really should be one point the other way around. But, yes, it should. Yeah, Pony it got screwed because I was super irresponsible, pretty much. So yeah, I'm I think really everyone sorry, except Pony. myself and Ryan forgot to submit at least one week. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For me, like two. No, me. I I didn't forget because I had my minimum was seven and a half points. Okay, I think it might have been one of the you like missed the midweek games. Yeah, yeah. There was I. There was one where I think that week fifteen where I didn't get, or another week I, I missed some points. But uh, anyway, I did win everything with five hundred and a half points. Yeah, when you make the perfect score prediction count less, we just need to win, draw, or who wins, or it's a draw next year, I think. Yeah. Because those three point ones really, Kevin hit like so many on the head. Yeah, crazy. But it, but it was inconsistent. Like there were like towards the end, the last two, three, four weeks, I got them pretty good. Like I had like twenty three points one week, eighteen the next, twenty three and a half, and then twenty four to, to round out the last two weeks. But it it was. I mean, I did have the highest average at sixteen points, but it was. Uh, there, I was, I swung a lot of like tens and elevens. Yeah, it's just the one dead on scores worth like two correct picks. Yep. Yeah, we can change around because for people that didn't know, when we picked, we picked a result and the score line. And so, if you got yep. the score of either the home or away team correct, you get a half point. If you got the result correct, you get one point. So you could potentially get one and a half points if you got, you know, the correct result and one of the two scores if you got the whole thing perfect you got three points kev uh as promised i will give you an honest to god full american minute to say whatever you want 
uh, I don't have anything to say to the world. Although I'll tell you what, if anybody out there wants to move to Portland and you happen to have a data analyst background, hit me up because my company's looking for work. So people to work. Just hit me up. You, yep. you still have that's the most like of, 45 seconds. That's the most want. American thing to do with an American minute was like he went full on capitalism. Also, I like to start. You start. I have nothing to say. Then proceed to talk for fifteen seconds. That was really good. I actually really enjoyed that. You were like, "I have nothing to say," and I'm like, "I'm going to give it a minute." And you were like, "No, nah, wait a minute. Hold on. Come work for and or adjacent to me." Yep. So nothing like job listing. New sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Um, <laughs> we're the last podcast on the earth that isn't sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Recruiter. Use the code work for Kev, ziprecruiter.com backslash work for Kev, and you will be able to work for Kev McCamish. <laughs> you joke, um, but those... let me, uh, That's let true. me thank our actual sponsors. Uh, one, Roughneck Scarves, your home for uh, literally any soccer related scarf you could think of, as well as uh, personal or, uh, or fundraiser scarves. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. Um, Super big thank you to DK and the people over at Soccer Loco. If you go on our website, uslshow.com, click the uh, blue and orange box, or if you're colorblind, it's a gray and gray box. Go buy literally anything you could think of. Do you want a, um, I don't know, Bork Dodge Cal Czech Republic jersey? Go get it. It's probably there. Um, other things that you could do. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. I guess I should thank the podcast network we're on, right? That'd be smart. Um, the lovely uh, Mike Sparks, who is actually not the reason that we're all here, but is pretty close to the reason we're all here, uh, started a whole thing called the Beautiful Game Network about, what, a year and some change ago? Mm-hmm. Year and a half. And uh, has grown it from, I want to say, like seven or eight podcasts to, Lord knows, like 30, um, which include... Uh, a whole bunch, but some of the, the really cool ones, um, backyard footy with Hugh Roberts, who is a, a Pittsburgh Riverhounds defender who I want to not play by the way, this weekend, if you can just, it's a conflict of interest. Um, so if you could just sit out, that'd be great. Um, as well as last line of defense with Brandon Miller, the, uh, former Harrisburg city Islander, former orange County, um, blues, former Rochester Rhino current, uh, what, which one is it? North Carolina or Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte independence goalkeeper also great just because I love getting player perspectives on podcasts. So um, definitely go check those, those out, but super um, big congratulations to Mike for growing this whole thing. And the one it is, there's like a written arm of everything. It's really crazy. Um, but I'll stop bigging him up. Go check everything out. BGN.FM or USLnews.com, which is actually what that website is. Unlike what Phil wanted it to be like a month ago. Um, also, I would very much like to thank the four people that I do this with on a regular basis, which three of them are here, but uh, for Phil pony, Kev, Ryan, um, this podcast would not be anywhere near as entertaining as it is. If I talk to myself for an hour every week. Um, and I'm very glad that I basically went to at least to Kevin pony. I just went, let's do a thing. And you guys went, okay. Uh, and, and yep. now what 1400 about Twitter followers later and being able to talk to Sam door and Phil got to talk to Jake Edwards and you know, uh, Brandon Miller was on Andrew Weber was on. We've had uh, Hugh was on. I've talked to James chambers. We, it's the amount of positive feedback that we've gotten from not just teams and front offices and things, because that's always cool to get a nice little pat on the back from the league, but just random people. Um, that have, have reached out to us during the season and said, you know, I got in soccer or I'm getting into this league because of you guys has been um, really cool. So like I said before, um, I would thank the 50 or 60 or whatever the hell people that we've had on the show, but that would be super exhaustive and a waste of all of our times. And I didn't prepare to do that. So I'm not even going to try. Um, but sincerely thank you to anyone that has listened to or continues to listen to, or God forbid gives us money on Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Um, yeah, I, I've been blown away by this whole year. Um, and so like, I, I'll stop rambling, but yeah, super big. Thank you to anybody who's told us how not to suck and how not to put up your first episode in mono, you idiots um, to hear now when we do live streams on YouTube for a bunch of people. So yeah, I don't know. We got to do the uh, 
stick to soccer second episode where we, we do yeah we three science theater guy. 3000 my movie yeah 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 we need to figure out when we're all available for that guy because that'll be a good time but um yeah i don't know guys if you have anyone else you want to thank um besides perhaps our families and or significant others and or yeah. cats yeah. uh for letting us escape <laughs> for an hour and a half right. to do this every week or about every week um because Good Lord. I'm sure at the start of this, we went, oh, yeah, you know, maybe 300 people listen to it. I think but. a lot of them have made accidental appearances on the show, if not all of them. So I all of them. <laughs> I know uh, we've we've had some 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 McCamish children crying on the podcast, which <laughs> whatever. Um, My wife likes to come up and I know. give me a good night kiss sometimes. And I mute it for, yeah. for the kiss. So you don't hear the smooch. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah. And Griffin's been all over this podcast because yeah, cats are the cat at times decides to show up if she if it's hungry. Yeah, uh, we'll get out of here. Anyone you guys want to thank before we we? Not like we're not going to do exit interviews and a bunch of shit in the off season, right. but like just figured put a little bow on things. We'll thank everyone for listening and things like that. But if you guys have anyone in particular. Oh, if there's anybody out in Portland that actually bothers to listen to the show, from my perspective, thank you for your listening. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll do Kyle Kepner for actually like half recruiting me on recruiting me onto the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Honestly, Evan, I think you were the first one to kind of gather everybody, and 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 you just kind of took the reins and started and 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 made it what it is, and you know you're random references that you're too young to know and the style of the show and, and everybody combined with, you know, we would be, you know, I like to say that we would be the soccer view version of the view if we didn't have actual stats to support us. So like pony and Ryan actually give us some kind of clout at times and, and, yeah. and correct me when I say the wrong thing. Thank God. So, um, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been a good mix and I'm just so glad people listen and, and, you know, as Evan said, give us money on Patreon is the biggest compliment. And I'm not asking for more. I just, it's shocking that everyone's willing to do that. So thank you. Yes. Patreon.com forward slash the USL show. There you go, buddy. Good plug. Good plug. Um, I will say uh, thank you so much to the USL for not telling us to uh, stop immediately. Oh, not only um, that, but and they're super supportive. I don't know if you guys have yeah, caught on. Yeah, but yeah. Like, we ask for something and they send it our way as soon as possible if they can. It's uh, been really good. So let me let me thank some of the people behind the scenes on their end of things. Um, Nick Murray. Um, Aaron Cranford, Ryan, thank you. Aaron Cranford is lovely. Ryan Madsen, who's, who's the new uh, VP of communications for USL, um, pretty much just said hi do you need anything and he yeah. went here's you know things um any club that i've had to go through to get player requests and for people to go oh hey we like your show here's yeah. whoever like thank you so much any player that we've just randomly dm'd who went yeah i'll be on your show why um i'm sorry <laughs> you had to listen to me uh ask you questions in some way shape or form but i'm very glad that you did that um Thank you, uh, Amon Zayad, for chirping me for my intro for James Chambers last week. That was very good. No, they're not paying me enough to do it, but I did it anyway. Um, yeah, and I, I think we'll stop there. It's pretty good. And again, seriously, anyone that listened to it at all, any of our soccer friends, any of the people that we've had on the show to fill in, whether I told you about it a week in advance or 30 minutes before we went right. live, um, Thank you so much. Um, I am very glad to call all of you, at least my soccer acquaintances, but for far and wide, not only my soccer friends, but people that I value as uh, people. And I think that's 80% of the reason why we're successful. So I'll stop talking. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to any episode. Thank you for giving this place in Africa. Good Lord. Hmm. That interview with Prosper got people in zombie listening to the show, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, super cool to see all the output. We would not be doing this if you guys didn't like it. Um, especially not in this capacity. We'd still talk to each other, but you know, it wouldn't get on record. So, um, hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we're not going anywhere. Check us out on Thursday. We'll have Mike Watts on and I'm sure we'll be equally as sappy with that one. But until yeah. then guys, uh, thanks everyone so much for listening and we'll talk to you uh, soon. Take care.